Welcome to the Why Not Podcast, a show that celebrates uncertainties through various perspectives and possibilities. So you can inject some inspiration and a dash of that daredevil spirit in your everyday life. I'm your host, Belle Baldoza, a former radio DJ turned storyteller for tech unicorns and a self-confessed pop culture junkie who is on a constant quest to find life's meaning. Join me as we listen to various stories from brave people who found themselves taking the leap at the intersection of I don't know and I can by asking themselves, why not? Today, we're going to have a conversation that is all at once like and unlike the episodes throughout the season and one that is very close to my heart. We have with us today none other than my life partner, best friend, and sound engineer for this podcast, Emmanuel Ambilod, or Mel, from Soundspeed Recording Services. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> As we wrap up the season, I thought we'd shake things up a little bit, and with that, it would be a great idea to discuss the latest Why Not moment we are embracing together and share more about our upcoming adventure with you. So stay tuned all the way. Welcome to the Why Not Podcast, Mel. I know we have been very crazy busy for the past few weeks, so thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for the benefit of the people who don't know you as much. Maybe you can share a little bit about yourself and you know what do you do and, and how did you get your start? Hi, guys. I'm Emmanuel Ambilod. I'm uh, Bell's husband. I'm the sound engineer for this podcast. And, and in actuality, in real life, I actually do sound on films. So I'm the production sound mixer on location. I've been doing it for the past 17 years, I think, because I really wanted to pick up music. I wanted to be a music producer, but instead I actually shifted into doing films. Yeah, sound for films, I, I mean, yeah. How did this get started? I know that you were a classically trained guitarist and, you know, like you you basically wanted to be a rock star when you were younger. Who doesn't? <laughs> I know. Everyone wants to be a rock star. How, why? How did you transition to this career? Like that eventually became your career for almost two decades now. Wow. Um, it hasn't been my career for the past two decades. It's been a relative career. Mm-hmm. But for Location Sound, it's been, yeah, been at least, I think, 12 years or so. Because in uni, I was actually a classical guitar player. What I wanted to do is I wanted to be a sound engineer, right? Because I wanted to be a music producer. So I shifted from classical guitar playing into music production, which is audio technology, right? And then what happened then was I transitioned into doing part-time front of house. So I was a roadie at first. I was carrying a lot of stuff. And then I worked my butt off to be front of house, right? And then what happened after that was as a music producer, my career never will <laughs> never left off, right? Man, it was so hard to pay any bills because the thing is, I wasn't making any money. I mean, I did sold a few jingles, but that's practically it. Mm-hmm. It was really hard for me to actually uh, bear the cost of living, right? So what happened was, uh, right after that, I told myself that I needed to go get out of the country. It's because the political instabilities and stuff, I kind of dislike and I don't want to be in a situation whereby... I'm always complaining about the country itself. So I told myself that, you know, I think rather than complaining, might as well get off. For the benefit of our listeners, where were you originally from? I'm from 
the third biggest island in the world. It's called the Bornean Island, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm from Kota Kinabalu. I'm from Sabah, the northern part of Borneo. And then in the midst of my uni days, I flew to KL, which is the Western Peninsula of Malaysia. That's where I actually got my education. I mean, my, my diploma in music and my higher education. And then I shifted to Thailand. That's where I met you. Right, <laughs> right. Talk, right. And then things didn't really work out in Thailand. It's because, well, to be fair, I don't speak Thai. I don't read Thai. I don't, I don't write Thai. So it's very hard to actually penetrate the market there if you don't actually, you don't have such skills in the, the local language itself. So yeah, then you and me, we actually took a leap in coming to Singapore, right? We actually started as a tourist, hope and faith. Yeah, I think we can dive a little deep into that topic. And, and I think that's going to be really the crux of this episode is, is talking about like these various why not moments that you've embraced, like starting life anew, right? In different places, mm-hmm. you know, like since you were a student university, you know, transitioning to another island across the country and then going to Thailand, a new country as well within the region and furthering your studies and then taking the leap to go to Singapore. And I think that would lend us to actually like talking about our latest adventure, which we'll probably share a little bit more later as well. I wanted to discuss a little bit more about the different turning points in your life and what made you embrace these different why not moments. And so I guess like we'll start off with your years in Malaysia, starting off your career and, and studying music in West Malaysia. Like, why did you want to, to move to another part of the country to study? Well, it's because the media center of Malaysia, it's in Kuala Lumpur, you see. So technically, there's nothing much in Sabah. I know for a fact, if I do stay in Sabah within that time, career-wise, the path that I'm taking won't make uh, ends meet. It'll be hard for me in the end of the day. Now, the thing about me is when I actually first started, my parents, they were never supportive of me picking up music, right? So what happened was I had to go and look for my own money. (laughs) Right. So I got a study loan, which actually told my dad, and he was in disbelief that me, a 17-year-old and 18-year-old, right? actually getting a, a student loan without him uh, applying it for me because he was so, he, he totally discouraged of the, the path that I actually took, right? So what happened was, especially during the audition, I told my mom, please, you know, can you buy me a, a, a flight ticket? Because the audition wasn't in Sabah itself. It's actually all the way in Shalom. It's in Slango. So it's in uh, West Malaysia itself, right? So you had to fly to yeah, even audition. Fly, yeah, and right. was actually, I think that time there was probably around 8,000 people who auditioned, but only 24 of us was actually selected. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, so, the odds are like just all, the, the odds are very, very slim. Yeah, I don't know how talented I am. <laughs> am I though, but <laughs> I managed to pull through, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. That's an amazing story. Yeah. So. And you got a loan. So basically, like, you were all like, this is uh, going to, pu- you know, push through. Yeah. But it's because of that as well. I face hard times, right? Because the thing is, I don't actually have 
an allowance from my parents, mm-hmm. right? So what happened was it drive me to actually s- seek for a part-time job ASAP, but I didn't want any any part-time jobs, just any part-time jobs. I wanted to be relevant within my industry. Right. right. So I begged for a job and opted to work for free mm-hmm. just so that I can actually start. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I won't go into the details of how it led me to another. But the thing is, yeah, that that really got my footing into the uh, sound industry itself. Just going back to, you know, like going to Thailand, right? And I think this is where your actual overseas adventure began. Uh-huh. Why Thailand? Like out of all the places you could possibly yeah, so, go to. So why Thailand? It's because it's because of financial reasons. <laughs> yeah so right after uitm i told my dad that basically i need to get out of the country i mean if he allows me and well i didn't have much money as well that time so as for his help he actually said seeing that i i see now how the cash flow works in your industry so so he actually said okay so where do you want to study so i actually told him in the uk maybe because these are the places where Malaysians think that it's the uh, holy land for them, right? So I yeah. actually told myself, maybe the, the UK, right? And then I was checking out on SAE UK, right? They were affiliated with the degree program. I mean, I had a diploma and... Hey, babe. I had a, I had a diploma already done. At first, the, the representative from the uni actually told me that we can actually place you straight in your final year of your degree, which is the third year. So counting on budget, my dad actually said, yeah, we can actually make this work, right? Including your accommodation, your allowances and stuff. But then they got back to us after a couple of weeks saying that unfortunately no we can actually only shift you to your second year right which is a total bummer because that's double the cost in the end and that's a lot of money coming in from malaysia right so now that's a huge problem for uh, my family i look for other alternatives whereby i i saw there was an sae as well in uh, in a few countries in southeast asia right i told myself let's go to a cheaper country right and so i came across thailand but i didn't know anything about thailand at time for me i felt uh, a slight discomfort before i actually even went to thailand because uh, i thought that malaysia was the uh, second leading economy and the most comfortable place to stay on little there so yeah uh, that's how i actually Got myself into Thailand, right? That's right. Ended up in Thailand. And after that, the rest, you know, all the stories. <laughs> and, after that. and this is where I would say like our adventures as partners began, right? Like Thailand was also the place where I went after my first job in Manila because I had an opportunity that was presented to me by my friend, like just one random day back in October of 2008, he and I were like having coffee and he told me that he was leaving his job in Thailand. And, and so I said, do you want me to replace you um, in the role? And he was, he was doing digital marketing and client relations for, for this American law firm. And he was like, I think that's a great idea. And 
lo and behold, two months later in December 2008, I was on a plane um, to Thailand. It was it was really interesting because just like you, I had no idea what Thailand like was all about. I, I lived all my life back in the Philippines. And so I had no clue about, you know, like whether even Thai spoke in, in their own language. My global IQ at that time was on a low. And same goes I, I think we were all both shocked at just the vibrance uh, and the dynamism and the possibilities, right? Like of, of the place where we ended up staying for another, what was it? 2.5 years or yeah. two, a little over two years, right? A little over two years. Right. And, 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 and I think what I would say to people who are listening in is where we are today and our current stand in Singapore is based on an idea that Mel had. And so like, yes, for better or worse, it was Mel's idea. Can you share a little bit about why why you thought about Singapore? Obviously, we love Thailand. We love the culture. We love the lifestyle. But career-wise, both of us felt a little constrained about you know, like what, what we're going to be making out of our careers. And we were approaching our late twenties. We were wondering what's next for us. Why, why Singapore? Why did you suggest Singapore? Well, because I've been to uh, Singapore a couple of times prior to our shift, right? It's because I've been here a couple of times. So I told myself that this is not a bad country. This is a very good country, especially the, in terms of career. So this is the central hub of business in Southeast Asia. Plus my, my degree states that even though I, I, the location of my education is actually in Thailand, but my degree is actually certified in Singapore. So as if that I've been studying in Singapore instead in the Singapore branch. Right. And that gives you like confidence, right? That yeah, to take on. Leverage in the end of the day, knowing that, oh, maybe it's because my papers are actually from Singapore. I could actually go to Singapore and try and get a job, right? And, and I guess from my side, I was also feeling that, okay, I, I was doing a, a wide variety of things. I was doing voiceover work. I was teaching English. I was working for a news agency as a sub editor. And I was just thinking about, where is this all going? What is going to happen? And since you had that great idea of going to Singapore, a country that I've never been to, by the way, at the time, I was just like, why not? What harm would it do to actually take a chance on a new place? And so I do remember when we landed back in early 2011, which is like almost 10 years ago, time flies. And, and I was just like, thinking about all the possibilities of what could happen in this new place. And it wasn't easy, right, for both of us. We had a pretty rough start, you know, like being on a tourist visa and trying to find a job for 30 days in a new country. You were pretty lucky. You got a job within two weeks. <laughs> it was... well, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't. I wasn't the lucky one. I only got a job after three months. So bear, bear with me. I was in depression. That <laughs> <laughs> It was hard uh, because we were not just, it, it wasn't just about the job situation, right? That we were dealing with, but also our living situation. Yep. And we were crammed into this small study room and we had to ration our food. Yeah. So we rationed it to 
And the owner partitioned that second floor to 10 rooms, which is illegal. So we had to endure like those kinds of living situations in our first years in Singapore, which was fine. And I think like that actually really helped us become stronger, I feel like in terms of dealing with uncertainties. But I know that you were working with uh, a production company. That's how you started your career in Singapore. But I know later on, you decided to go freelance and basically strike out on your own and get your own clients. What what made you decide to do that? What made you decide to go freelance after working in a production company for for quite some um, years? My contract was nearly ending after the third year of me being in service for that company. I, I, as I, if I remember correctly, Somewhere in October was supposed to be my last day of work mm-hmm. on the, my contract itself. And I'm a foreigner, right? I need a pass to work and see what to operate, right? So what happened was that time, I think we were married already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We? we just got married. Yeah. So I actually came up to my boss and I actually asked him, right, if you guys still do want to retain me. Right, because if you don't, then I have an opportunity to actually work on this kid's drama as a freelancer for 40 days. At least that was get me started, right? But they they, they responded that they, they, they do want to retain me, so I should actually cancel that. So what happened was, yeah, I canceled that, but on the last day of my contract, they unfortunately told me around 5 o'clock in, in the evening, right, which is after nearly after office hours that we don't need you anymore Emmanuel that is crazy yeah 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 it's actually it's actually illegal even by law you need to actually tell uh, a worker if you're gonna let them go two weeks in prior right yeah so that was like a very sudden turnaround It, it, it was it was yeah so I had no choice right (laughs) <laughs> right, but you were already thinking about going freelance before that, right? Yeah, like you, of because you had a quite a by the time you already have quite a network. Yes, but the uncertainty was still very high. Right. So I told myself, right, uh, why not just start freelancing? Right. Yeah. So right after that, what happened was we applied for a dependent pass for me, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. And then I actually applied for a sole proprietor. That's when I actually started my business, Sound Speed Recording Services, right? And it's true what your friend said. Once you've gone freelance, like you never went back to working for a production house. Yeah, and I could never afford this lifestyle of mine. <laughs> I've actually stayed in all three films, right? So thank you guys for not actually reinstating my contract right thank you because i have a better future without you guys all right so thank you so much and it has worked out for us through the years and here we are almost 10 years in singapore as i said earlier time flies Mm -hmm. we can't even keep track of when when which event happened when and 
I guess right now we've been in, I would say, like a fairly comfortable situation. Oh, uh, super comfortable. With our lives even on track. The pandemic, it's super comfortable still. Yeah. And even with this pandemic. But, you know, 2020 has been such a forcing function for us to really rethink about what's going to happen for the rest of our lives. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think like maybe it would be great to talk about the latest adventure that we are embracing together. And as people who, who really like to embrace new adventures in their lives. We are actually starting a new chapter um, in our lives with our move to Toronto. I think it would be great to also share with people how it happened and why we ended up here. It's been a few years that we actually like took this jump to, to apply for a Canadian PR. Was it four years ago that we went to that random seminar yeah. to just learn about it one afternoon? What do you remember about it? Well, prior to that, we applied for a Singaporean PR. We got oh, rejected. Yes. So we told ourselves, let's not waste our time. Let's go for something that values us more. Because the thing is, we 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 can't be a non-resident, non non-citizen in the end of the day up till the day that we decided to retire. It could have worked great, but our PRs were rejected. So we told ourselves, let's not waste time. Let's go to a place where we. Hopefully, we are valued more. So, one of those days, we were actually on our bed. I think we were trying to take a afternoon nap on a Saturday. <laughs> right? It was uh, a random Saturday, yes. Yeah, and I was actually on my phone. I was just scrolling through Facebook. And then this advertisement popped out. It's from Ames Agency, I think. Mm-hmm. So... So, yeah, I actually showed, showed you the, the ad and... That's it. We were on our way to to the seminar itself. So we saw the ad, I think, around 12, and the seminar was around 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was just a couple of hours, and we were like, yeah, like, let's let's go. Let's just, let's just listen in, because, you know, why not? I mean, we're not doing anything anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happened. The next thing we knew, we just put a down payment on, on the plan. And so after that, we got a, the PR eventually. Long story and how we got there, but like it was fairly also arduous process because we were very specific about where we wanted to end up, right? Like, which yeah. is going to be in Ontario, in Toronto. And that was like a decision that was very deliberate. And and we saw that Toronto has the technology industry setting up their mm. like startups mm-hmm. um, and, and technology companies. And that at the same time, also production companies. And there's like a big, there's a big union of production people, right? Right, right. The Hollywood union is actually there as well. Yes. And I think that basically like serve as a great place for both of us to be in. And so obviously like we haven't really been there before, except for the vacation that we took last year. Mm -hmm. We haven't really been there before. So we're super excited to really take the plunge and pack our bags after 10 years in Singapore and start life. You know, obviously this is, you know, not easy, right? Like for you, you've been packing your bags, you've been starting life and new in different places since what, you were 17 mm-hmm. years old. That's probably for more than half of your life or exactly like half of your life by now. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the biggest lessons that you've come across? Like what lesson have you learned out of this? Packing up your life, starting life anew, any some in somewhere else. All right, being a global nomad in the end of the day isn't easy. There's always its pros and cons, right? The con is you being out of your comfort zone, 
right? And you need to earn your stripes again somewhere new. You are sacrificing the relationship with your parents because the thing is, they're somewhere halfway around the world. Right. Right. But I see more pros into it. It's because in the longer run, it's because opportunities in the land only go so far. Whereby the when you immigrate, there's this uncertainty, there's this there's this fear, right? Right. Of the unknown. But I guess the unknown has worked for us for the longest time because <laughs> we have <laughs> we have triumphant again and again whenever we face adversities. And it's actually a good character building as well, right? What are the other pros? I love the whole thing about expanding your global IQ because when we move, you know, from our home countries to Thailand, at the time, we also felt like the world revolved around our home countries, right? right? And and we didn't realize that, oh my God, there's a huge world out there. And Thailand was such a melting pot of cultures, right? Yeah. Like from different people from different countries. It brought so many different cultures together and you were able to interact with those different faces, those different races. And I think in that regard, that really helped expand our worldview as people. I think I think it's important to also highlight the fact that Every new life, right, that you start in another place really is all about embracing like the both the reward and the risk. Right. Right. And it, it takes emotional preparation and mental preparation for that. However, you will never really know if you're ready until you've actually the, taken the jump. Right. Because I think a lot of people wait around and, you know, like, oh, I'm not yet ready, or my, my years of experience are not enough. No one's ever ready for this type of situation. Exactly. I think like it takes a certain amount of determination. And I think that's something that obviously different people have different, I would say, appetites for risk and reward. Yeah. Right? Facing adversity isn't, isn't that great because it, it complies with suffering in the same time. But in the longer run, especially for us, we've seen the reward, right? We reap the reward. Mm -hmm. And it was really fulfilling, right? Yeah. It was really fulfilling. We actually had a fulfilling run within the, the 10 years that we had been in Singapore. And this place has been a great blessing. It's been very good to us. Right. And we're super grateful for that experience. We could all agree that this, you know, like like us from tourist, tourists being mm -hmm. stamped into Singapore, staying for 30 days, ended up staying for almost 10 years. Like it has been an adventure unlike any other. Yeah. And <laughs> for the good and the bad, but mostly for the good. Yeah. But probably it wouldn't have worked out that well if it was without you being on by my side, right? I think that's also the other lesson here, right? Is that it also takes another person on your team to really support you. And I think a lot of this would not have worked out if we didn't get married and we didn't decide to spend the rest of our life together and really commit to our dreams together. Yeah. 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 So I think like that's also like a really big lesson in itself, right? Mm -hmm. Finding the right partner, mm -hmm. not just in a marriage and not just because of love, but I think like the right teammate to really like plot out your dreams together and like make that plan. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, and sometimes like, even actually like jumping into plans that are not fully made, right? Like when we actually decided to go to Canada and like attend the seminar and sign up, 
I think we didn't really have a full baked plan at that time. No, no. no. <laughs> I was just thinking about free medical. <laughs> free medical, cheaper cars. That's what I was thinking about. Cheaper houses. Uh, something that we can afford. Because you can never be truly ready, right? Like for a, for a life change like that. <laughs> so what are you most excited about this? What are you f- looking forward to in your career? And you've been able to do some really interesting things in your career uh, in Singapore. Uh, well, working with new people, working in a new culture, you know, experiencing new things. And finally, hopefully being in, in the union, because there's not a lot of people from Borneo that I know. Actually, there's none that I know who made it into IHC, right, which is the Hollywood union. Mm-hmm. So wow. hopefully... I'll be the first, right? And I won't be the last. What else? Bigger opportunities in life. I mean, especially in work, because the thing is, I love narrative work. But in Singapore, it's because the budgets are pretty low most of the time. So from narrative, I shifted into doing just pure pure corporate, right? Right. Because I, I do need to actually pay for my mortgages and stuff, right? I do have personal loans and mortgages. And um, doing narrative work in Singapore doesn't actually... Isn't, uh, it, it, doesn't, it isn't really efficient, sufficient for me to actually earn what I'm earning in, in the corporate world, right? So, yeah. But what I really want to do is just doing narrative Right. And I think that could give you another dimension to your career, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In Canada, because the thing is, as, as everyone knows, or people who don't know yet, right? Most of the Hollywood projects that is supposedly shot in New York or in California, or whatsoever, it's mostly shot in Canada. It's because one, it's cheaper. Second, they actually have the same time zone, right? And third, literally, they have the same culture. Right. Closely. Fourth, the streets, the architecture, the geographical areas and stuff technically looks the same, right? <laughs> yes. It looks very similar. It's like a New York uh, light. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So so that's why there's a lot of there's a lot of American production that actually is shot in uh, Vancouver and Toronto itself. Yeah. Right? It's because of that. So I see that as a, an opportunity for me if I am... If I'm fortunate, then, you know, if and I could actually achieve such great dreams, then great. Because the thing is, if I'm there, I'm going to push forward, like, really, really hard. Because I'm already there, right? And the, the the union is already there, right? Might as well. Might as well push, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, that's really exciting, what you have right now mm-hmm. in your career, which is obviously, like, it, like, this whole entire decision to go freelancing has been very good to you. But at the same time, like actually see seeking to elevate yourself more and and add different dimensions to that experience, I think, is is a very is a very brave decision because not everyone wants to leave their comfort zone, right? And so in that regard, I wanted to ask for your take on like starting life and you beyond your comfort zone, right? What is your perspective about why would somebody leave a comfortable life to take a chance on a new one? Why would you leave a comfortable life? You have a great life here. You earn a lot of money. <laughs> you even paid our Philippines house in full in cash. Ah, ah, ah. See, so why right. would you? I think uh, that's a great question. And I've been reflecting about it as well. And 
I guess like for me, similar to you, right? Like I wanted to add a new dimension to my life, not just to my career, but I think like to my life, right? Like building on an actual family life and settling into that as well. Mm -hmm. I've been very fortunate to be um, in Singapore and have a really great career. And I would not diminish that fact. That is a really great blessing in my life. It allowed me to do a lot of things Mm -hmm. like travel the world, explore new places, meet the most interesting people, and not to mention the pragmatic aspects of it, which allowed me a great deal of financial stability and freedom. Mm -hmm. And, And all of that on the surface level is great. Right? Why would you even decide to leave a six-figure salary mm-hmm. to start at zero? Mm-hmm. It might be a very strange decision, but I think again, because you and I both are are nomads in a sense, we have this confidence that wherever life may take us, we would always like be able to like make the most of it. And I think it's very important to remind yourself that like life is like you know, cliche as this may be, but life is like a wheel, right? There's ups and downs, peaks and valleys. And it is important to have that bravery and that courage to go through those peaks and valleys Mm -hmm. and not stay where you are. Right. Because if you like stay where you are, like let's say you decide to, you know, like stay at the peak because that's where it's most comfortable and you see the world like, you know, like just right below you, right? Like you have no other choice but to go down. And like, if you do not, essentially like force the learning curve, you will eventually like find yourself like, I would say, unconsciously being being brought down. And obviously no one wants to be down and out, right? But what I'm saying here is that I think it's important for people to always continuously challenge themselves and actually continue to learn about life mm-hmm. and not necessarily settle for what is available to them. I think all of this is the exercise of seeking meaning out of life. Mm -hmm. And I think meaning can only be brought about by different experiences that are not necessarily similar experiences. I mean, we had a great experience here in Singapore for the past 10 years, but we've also have to admit that we're running out of things to learn, right? We basically are going through the motions of what is comfortable to us because that's what we know. And I think it's, it's important to remind ourselves that like, hey, you know what? You'll never le- run out of things to learn. That This is a great reminder for us to really embrace the learning, embrace the unknown, embrace the uncertainty. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we've been having conversations about this for, for what, the past few weeks, months, you know, like just, just trying to decide on the course of our life and where we're going to go. So... To wrap up the session, right, and and as you're reflecting on the next adventure, the next great big adventure that we're going to be embracing together, what would be your advice to people who are still on the fence about taking the plunge and starting life outside of their comfort zone? Like whether it's, you know, a different career or whether it's starting a new life, like in another place or just trying something new, really. What would be your advice as somebody who has like, had different adventures, um, different iterations of life, starting life anew in different places. All right. Well, I see it as, I see different adventures like riding a bike, right? Mm. Whereby the first time that you try, you might actually face, you, you might, might probably crash. Right. right? 
and you might probably leave a scar or a wound hmm. on your own self. But the more that you practice, the more that you try, and the more that the scar or wound would heal, uh -huh. you learn things, right, on that process. So it's, it's, it's the same as us going off into the unknown, right? Right. Whether it's a job or a new country, you will definitely face adversities. It's inevitable. You'll definitely face it again and again in life. But it's how you push through, right? With the more scars, with more wounds, the more you heal, the more experience you gain, the bigger and better the reward. But that's how I always feel. And that's how I've dealt with adversity since I was a child. Yeah, so that's practically it. I love that analogy. And I think you're right, right? It's basically about training yourself and, and starting back up. It's just about like learning a new skill. Like you, you will definitely not have a good go at it the first instances. No but you so. strengthen the muscle. Yeah. And eventually you will actually like do great at it. And But not only the muscle, it strengthens the personality of a person. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It sharpens your mind, like your emotional, like, you know, like resistance. I think there's a lot of that. And just going back to my point earlier, a lot of people are always thinking about that they're never truly ready, right? For taking on something new. And they spend so many years sitting on it without actually doing anything about it. And my advice to people who are still on the fence Basically, I would really recommend my personal philosophy around embracing why not, because you are never truly ready to embrace why not. And that is the beauty of it, mm -hmm. right? Like actually making the jump in the middle of the questions I don't know. And at the same time, like having that determination and, and actually knowing that you can, I think it's important to actually decide what that point is for yourself because you will never be truly ready. You can't just be sitting around planning to make your next move and agonizing over all the possibilities. Just make the jump and know that like whatever you take out of that jump, for better or worse, you will be learning something. And that is really part of what, what basically like is what life is all about, making meaning and discovering meaning in your life. Right. So embrace the why not, guys. <laughs> right. so my wife actually inputs it. And I, <laughs> and I think like you've really embraced, you know, why not in a very significant way as well. And thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Most importantly, for sharing your journey with me and some of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Embracing why not together. Right. You're welcome. It's been a great <laughs> blessing for all of us. So guys, bye guys. Cheers guys. <laughs> Take care, right? Stay safe and stay healthy, all right? All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the special edition of the Why Not podcast. We hope we've helped inspire and empower you to ask yourself why not and find out what's next for you. For everyone who's tuned in, we would appreciate it if you could show some love for this podcast by leaving us a review on this channel or feel free to send us questions, suggestions, rants, and raves all welcome at hello at whynotpodcast.com. For the latest and greatest, follow us on our social media channels at Why Not The Podcast. See you next season. Until next time, sending good vibes your way.